Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily where we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. That is a lot of Mavs basketball, but we got a lot of hot takes. And joining me today, well my name is Bobby Corella, joining me today, the king of the hot take, is Isaac Harris. What's up? What's up, Bobby? What's up, Bobby? Man, we're just waiting for uh, we're just waiting for basketball at this point. Getting pressers every day, basically. Mavs practicing every day in Disney, and uh, I can't help to just get ex- more and more excited every single day for basketball to come back. Loading up the cannon, ready to fire off some delicious all right, takes. All right, Tim Hardaway, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, okay, so today we're going to be talking about one Mav in particular and how he kind of fits into the overall. Um, I guess Mavs ecosystem. So Donnie Nelson a couple weeks ago gave a press conference the first day the Mavs reopened camp. This was on July 1st. And uh, he kind of went like pretty, pretty in depth talking about like the state of the roster and, uh, you know, what different guys can contribute and, and their thought process behind, for example, adding Trey Burke. Uh, and, and one of the most interesting uh, elements of that press conference was when he sort of ran through, I guess, like the de facto depth chart. Now, going into the hiatus, uh, the Mavs were already without Jalen Brunson. They were already without Dwight Powell. But during the stoppage, Courtney Lee suffered an injury, and so he was, you know, he's, he's not going to play in this restart either. And he had sort of assumed a larger role in the rotation heading into the break. The Mavs have always been kind of a deep team. They'll typically give 10 or 11 guys minutes, and things will always sort of naturally tighten up in the playoffs a little bit. And so when Donnie ran down basically an eight-person depth chart he included Luca Tim Seth Curry Dorian Finney-Smith KP then included Maxi and the next guy included I guess this is really a seven-man depth chart he included DeLon Wright and that's who this uh, episode is going to be about DeLon Wright and so with Jalen getting hurt DeLon sort of became the backup point guard. And now with Courtney Lee getting hurt, he's also kind of the backup wing. There are other guys on the team, obviously, that can fill minutes. Justin Jackson, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, J.J. Barea, of course, Trey Burke. You know, there, there are guys, even the two-way players, Antonius Cleveland, Josh Reeves. You know, there, there are guys up and down the roster that can step up and, and fill those uh, wing roles. But for Donnie to mention DeLon Wright kind of in that group leads me to believe that the plan for him is to play a much uh, heavier receive a much heavier dosage of minutes, I guess. And so um, I don't even know where to where to lead you with this, Isaac, but uh, what has kind of been your take on DeLon this season? How do you think he fits into the rotation? Uh, what do you think he provides on the team, specifically defensively, that can sort of maybe uh, make him a valuable contributor in a playoff situation? Yeah, for DeLon, it, it's been so um, hard to pinpoint your expectations or even the team's ex- expectations for DeLon uh, coming into the season. You know, they, they get him on that uh, kind of sign and trade deal over the off season. Uh, you know, a lot of talk around the team was that he was going to be the starter and a lot of national people love the deal that Dallas got him for, you know, pulling him away from Memphis and that deal. And so then like going into the season, it was okay. A lot of us were penciling in DeLon as the starter and we were debating on who's going to be the fifth starter and between the wings and Tim and Dorian and Justin, all Justin Jackson, not Anderson. And we're like, who's going to be the, the fifth starter in that? And DeLon comes in and he's not really the staple fifth starter. And it's kind of hit or miss some, you know, what type of role he's playing. And even now, I, I think when you even look at his game, his versatility, that's the biggest thing for him because 
in your mind, in a lot of people's mind, it's DeLon Wright is a backup point guard or a point guard. And I, I mean, like you said, I think we could see him play a decent amount of minutes at the three sometimes for Dallas as Dallas has shifted to this more smaller ball approach with KP at the five, something that a lot of us thought would happen in the playoffs. But ever since the Dwight Powell injury against the Clippers, that shift kind of happened a little bit earlier and moving KP to the five and now playing this kind of smaller ball role. And yeah, I mean, like you said, I think DeLon is going to have an uptick in minutes. I think he'll have a bigger role than what he's been used to over the season. And we could play, see him play any type of position from one, two or three come a time in Disney. And that's going to be very important depending on who they play against. So like, if you look at their likely first round opponents, Obviously, right now it would be the Clippers. They're kind of a bigger team. I mean, they do have Pat Bev and like Lou Williams, but with Paul George at two and Kawhi Leonard at three, unless they slide up to three and four, that's a pretty big, you know, team at the two and three spot. And so I'm not really sure how the matchups would work out defensively because those guys are more similar in size to like Tim Hardaway, Dorian, Luca you know, guys like that. Now, obviously, you want your best defensive players on the other team's best offensive players. And I, I think DeLon actually does kind of match up decently with Paul George because they're both very long, and, and Paul George isn't like the quickest straight-line drive kind of guy. I think from what we've learned about DeLon this season is that he's very good at containing guys who don't have like the – who aren't like the cat-quick – you know, really, really, really fast. Cause I feel like team speed generally is sort of like a, maybe a, a weakness of this iteration of the maps. Um, but he is good at guarding those more methodical players. That's whenever he can really make his impact felt getting his hand in passing lanes and things like that. And so as you head into the playoffs, uh, you know, your matchup with the Clippers is sort of weird, but with the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, you know, these are guys, Monty Morris, these are guys that DeLon can match up well with. You, you, you look at Houston, obviously, with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, uh, even the Mavs restart schedule. Portland is one of their weaker teams, and Phoenix is one of their weaker opponents, but they have Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. Those are guys that DeLon is going to have to step up and guard, and so he, he's going to be very busy. He's definitely going to be very busy, especially if he's playing 25 or 30 minutes, but I think when evaluating his impact on the team overall, um, it's kind of, I, I don't know, there's almost like a disconnect in – the numbers and maybe like the perception yeah. of him, right? Like you view him as a backup yeah. and, and maybe like, you know, if you thought he was going to be the starter, then maybe you're sort of like, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's coming off the bench. So is he really playing that well? Is he really having a good season? Well, I, I know this, this might not, it only numbers only mean as much as you want them to, but he's averaging career highs in rebounds per 36 minutes, assists per 36 minutes, second most in steals per 36 minutes, uh, second fewest turnovers per 36 minutes, um, and he's shooting a career best from three, shooting 38.5% on threes, and he's taken 117 of them in 65 games, which is rates right in basically line with his career averages, and so um, despite playing, you know, kind of relatively fewer minutes. So he's been productive, but I think when it comes time to – you know, dole out minutes, he's been competing with Luca, of course, who's going to touch the ball all the time. And so if you can't be good without the ball, then you're not going to play. Uh, but he's also been competing with Jalen Brunson, with J.J. Barea, later on with Courtney yeah. Lee, who is playing off guard role. So it's almost like, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't think that his minutes have been kind of down this season because he's been a disappointment or anything as much as it's just like they have a lot of other players 
that can facilitate maybe a little better than he can, or at least in the way that Rick Carlisle wants them to. But now that, you know, Jalen is out of the picture and Courtney Lee's out of the picture, I feel like, I mean, there's really no other way to turn than, than with DeLon. But that kind of works out because Luke is going to be playing a lot more minutes anyway because it's the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah, I think he will see – I think he'll see his minutes uptick for sure. And when in regards to his defense, there's one word that comes to my mind, especially just to define him on the defensive end of the basketball, instincts. His instincts defensively are incredible because he's not a Pat Beverly, get up in your face, in your grill all the time, push you, jabber at you type of guy. But he's going to be in every passing lane. He seems so smart on the basketball court, getting his hands on all the balls. He's going to uh, pull down rebounds, strip some people. So, like, that that's DeLon, right? Even going back to his college days, I was looking up some of his college days at Utah, and uh, he was on the all-defensive team in the pac 12 is that utah pack 12 something they're in the pack 12 now i'm not sure if they I were should. then and it might have been the pack 10 then i don't know I, okay, I, i'm, I'm not is. a college basketball guy but he uh he was at two and a half steals 2.6 steals uh per 40 minutes adjusted pace on that and he, that was just his thing and that's what even looking looking back at some of his uh scouting stuff and seeing like drafted draft express RIP to Draft Express back in the day, like just seeing their scouting stuff on Delon, it was all about instincts. It was all about just how much he get, how well he played defensively. And I was just looking up dif- different things this year, just uh, on Synergy earlier today. And forty uh, percent of his defensive possessions are guarding the ball handler in the pick and roll possessions. And I was looking at how much he's done that. At least if you rank players at least 200 possessions in which they've guarded the ball handler in these pick and roll possessions, he is 13th in the league in points per possession at .825. Really? And that's that's with players such as players above him are guys like Ben Simmons, um, Josh Richardson, Marcus Smart. These are guys that we all put in our head and like not just in our head, but like we we know that are really good perimeter defenders. So he's really he is good at guarding um, a, the pick and roll play because that's one of the most important plays that's ran in basketball right now. So it's not just a it just his instincts. And I go back to, gosh, there was this game. I want to say it was in late October. It they played the Pelicans, and it was the game at the. It was this play at the very end of the game, and I want to say it was JJ Redick that got the rebound. Somebody on the Pelicans got the rebound, and they turned around and they were gonna have a chance to go back up the floor to tie the game. And DeLon Wright comes up behind him. Kind of a dangerous play because you can get called for a foul in this. Comes up behind him and just rips the ball away from them. And basically, game was over. And that it was in that post-game press conference that Rick Carlisle takes the podium and compares him to Jason Kidd. And that's and he's like, and DeLon, I remember him after that game, he said, man, uh, he said, that is super high praise. It's one of the, the greatest bigger guards in NBA history. And Carlisle said, after the game, this is his quote. He said, we haven't seen defense like that since Jason Kidd was here. And the play at the end where he stole the ball from Josh Hart, my bad, on the rebound really was a microcosm of the night that he had. He had a huge night that night. And if you guys, if some of you uh, maybe are, are in the younger uh, crowd listening to this, thinking in your, in your mind Jason Kidd was just the fancy passer or just the guy on the 2011 Mavs team at 38 or 39 years old, whatever he's at, I mean, we're talking Jason Kidd was a four-time all-defensive first-team player, a five-time all-defensive second-team player, and for Rick Carlisle to compare DeLon Wright's defense as a guard to Jason Kidd, that is really, really high praise. Yeah, no, for sure. And 
I honestly did not even remember that quote, so I'm very happy that you shared that because that was a v- I mean, that was seven or eight months ago at this point, but it feels like even longer, of course, because of everything that's happened. But I feel like, you know, after watching those replays of uh, the, the 2011 championship run, it kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of, uh, I mean, I, I remember how all those guys played because it was only nine years ago, but, you know, J-Kid was playing like 30, 35 minutes in those games, and oftentimes he was only taking like two or three shots, you know, he was usually just taking wide open threes, and, uh, you know, every now and then doing something around the basket, you know, running the floor, pushing the ball, um, but I feel like, you know, and, and I'm not sure that that's necessarily the way that you want point guards playing anymore, just because like there's so many more possessions, there's so many more three-point attempts and everything, there's more space. Like, if you're going to be out there, you're going to shoot the ball a lot more than Jason Kidd ever did whenever he was with the Mavs. But I feel like DeLon can sort of contribute a similar style of impact on the game uh, on both ends of the floor as, as Kidd did during that run. Now, obviously, you know, Jason Kidd was like a legendary playmaker and facilitator and had like, you know, unprecedented court vision and all this stuff. And so, you know, to compare DeLon to Jason Kidd is like just really unfair because Jason Kidd is a Hall of Famer. But Kidd was like a big bodied, sturdy guard who could defend one through three, uh, forced a few turnovers, had really, really good hands. You know, he he could like, he could strip guys. DeLon isn't necessarily going to reach in and just grab the ball from someone, but he'll poke it away. You know, he'll steal an entry pass. Just comes up with like timely turnovers. And then on offense, take shots when you're open, uh, push the ball, run the floor a little bit, you know, find shooters, things like that. I mean, I feel like, like that same type of contributions are things that maybe Rick expects from DeLon. Um, and, and, and if that's all that he does, right, like Luke is going to run the show so much and KP is going to get a yeah. bunch of shots and, you know, Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, these guys are going to take 10 or 15 shots a game apiece. And so you don't necessarily need to De- DeLon to take a huge number of shots, but you do need him to take the shots when he's open and to make them. And to his credit, this season, 38.5% on three is very, very good. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not nearly as maybe hesitant or reticent to take those shots as he was maybe earlier in his career. Uh, before he, you know, maybe discovered the confidence to shoot them uh, all the time or anything like that. But where his impact obviously is going to be the most important is on defense. Uh, Dallas this season, 29th in the NBA in uh, opposing turnover percentage. Which means opponents turn it over just 12.2% of their total possessions against the Mavs this season, which is the second lowest in the NBA. And, of course, you have good rim protection in KP. You have another really good rim protector in Maxi Kleba. Uh, Dallas, for the most part, does a pretty good job of funneling uh, drivers into those guys and then scrambling to recover uh, to defend three-point shooters. And the Mavs, once again, have a pretty good three-point defense this season. Uh, but where their defense is sort of lacking is forcing turnovers. And now, though, if you defend really conservatively the way the Mavs do and like the Jazz do with Rudy Gobert, the Nets do with DeAndre Jordan, the Blazers do with Hassan Whiteside, the Spurs do basically with everybody, even the Bucks are very low in opposing turnover percentage. But, for example, you know, if the Mavs are going to model their defense after Milwaukee, well, that's all good and well. But Milwaukee still forces turnovers an extra 1.3% of the time. Uh, and, and that can kind of matter. That's an extra turnover a game basically. And one extra turnover means one fewer shot for your opponent. It means one extra maybe fast break 
or one extra possession where you can get an offensive attack going against an imbalanced defense where it could lead to extra points. And those kind of plays are what can turn games in the playoffs. And so uh, DeLon is really one of the only players on this team that can sort of consistently generate those splash plays, blocks, steals, uh, reaching around a guy, picking off an entry pass, uh, sneaking in and getting a rebound that maybe no one thought he could get because he's only six foot five or whatever he is. I mean, he has the ability to make some of those plays that other guys simply can't. And so if you're Rick Carlisle, you know, I, I think that's all you can ask of him is just make timely contributions. Watch a lot of Jason Kidd film because, mm -hmm. dude, if you go back and watch that 2011 championship run, Kidd stepped up and made some of the – some of the biggest plays of every game were made by Jason Kidd in a playoff run in which Dirk was like one of the best performers like in NBA history. He reached a level very few guys ever do, but so many of Kidd's plays were what ultimately decided games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like even in that uh, last game before they won the title there, I mean, you see him you know, picking up Wade at times, and, and it's like, dang, like Kidd is – 38 and you know he's he's checking Wade at, at half court and stuff so yeah I mean just comparing him to Jason Gay, I, I can't help to think of how good of DeLon how good DeLon Wright would have been if he came into the league like 20 years ago because just how the point guard how how the position has changed so much and he's still a, a really good basketball player right now but just how the point guard position ha has changed over the years even over the past 5 to 10 years that we see the Stephs and the Damian Lillards of the world and the Kyrie's and how the point guard position even Luka running it right now that when the ball's in their hands like they have to be able to score at this high rate for the most part and the guys like Rajon Rondo in Boston, like it, it's kind of harder to find those type of guys in today's game on really, really good teams. But that's the type of role. That's what Delon like excels at. And that, hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get people involved. I'm gonna, you know, shoot the the set shot, but I'm gonna play defense too and let you guys get the shots ar around me. So. I'm really curious on just the debate that's going to happen for Rick come playoff time and some of these matchups that you're going to, you know, at times, will it be a debate between Seth Curry and DeLon of, hey, we, I want, you know, Dorian's probably going to be out there uh, so much, but in a way, DeLon's kind of like the guard version of Dorian, uh, uh, you know, a smaller version of Dorian. And it's like, do you want another perimeter defender out there in DeLon with, you know, with Dorian or do you want the 40% you know three-point shooting in Seth Curry on the floor Wh which do you want and that's where when you're talking about his uh, career is it career I know he's at 36% uh, three-point shooter right now so if if he what's the word I'm looking for changing the gap or lowering the gap I guess from his three-point percentage uh, to Seth if he can help make that up I guess I'm trying to think of the right words for it but it could allow him to be on the floor a little bit more. Yeah, well, teams will always defend him differently, I think, than Seth. I mean, no one is intentionally going to leave Curry open. Now, I, I, that's not to say I don't think people will intentionally leave DeLon open, but Curry's a name that you have, like, circled 50 times, you know, For sure, on, the, yeah. on the chalkboard before the game or dry erase board. or I guess in, in Disney they might not even be using dry erase boards. They might just be – using projectors i don't really know how it's going to be down there it's like boban and luca it's just in the air yeah yeah <laughs> the disney but uh but yeah i mean you know if if delon can and that's what can kind of change a series too right like if going into a series against let's say whatever the nuggets game one they leave delon open because they're like yeah we got to worry about hardaway and seth and then delon comes in and you know bangs in like three or four threes 
then next game they can't do that anymore. You know, and if they yeah. do it again and he burns them again, then all of a sudden you're up 2-0 and you're winning the series. You know, uh, so that's the kind of thing that can swing a series. But um, I think what's really important, more than what he can do on offense or anything like that, is just in the playoffs when when possessions are a little slower, right? The game is a little slower. There's a lot more tactics going on, uh, especially if you're playing a team like Houston that's going to play a ton of pick and roll or like, you know, they, they have a remote chance, but they could play against Utah in the first round, a team that has like Donovan Mitchell, for example, and Mike Conley, two ball handlers. So you need, you know, multiple defenders out there that can, that can handle those guys. DeLon fits very well into that picture, but there's going to be so many pick and rolls and what teams will do, like if you're playing Houston, you have, you know, super ultra small balls. P.J. Tucker is your center, so you got K.P. defending him, and then you have somebody on Harden, someone on Westbrook, and then like Eric Gordon and Covington. They're going to basically send whichever defender or whichever guy Luke is guarding, they're going to send to Harden to set a screen every single possession. And what teams will do sometimes, instead of sending Luke out there and throwing him to the Wolves and, and make him switch out onto Harden, what they'll do is they'll send whichever defender is on the same side of the floor as Luca's defender. They'll like switch that before they switch the screen. So like if Delon is guarding Eric Gordon and Luca's guarding Robert Covington, Covington runs over to set a screen for Harden. Delon can switch off onto Covington. Luca can take over for Gordon, and then Delon can switch the screen and guard Harden. So like it gives you an extra defender. I guess is what I'm saying because Finney Smith will start on Harden, right? Finney Smith will be guarding yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Dorian Finney-Smith will be guarding. I mean, I I don't know who the Nuggets' example of that would be. I guess I mean Will Barton probably. Like you know, uh, he'll probably guard Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know, playmaking wing, ball handler, anything like that. You know, Dorian is kind of your ace, but you're going to be running a lot of pick and roll. You know, switching into isolation. This is what happens in the playoffs. The game slows down so much, so it helps to have another guy that can sort of protect Luca in that regard, and also that you can comfortably switch off. Finney Smith from guarding Harden and like not feel like you've already lost right DeLon can hold yeah. his own against those guys he can hold his own against most players in the NBA especially most of the guys that they'll be playing in the playoffs and so there will be plenty of opportunities for him to make an impact uh and and to to hold serve especially I mean if he's gonna be playing 30 minutes but uh I think it's just kind of unavoidable now no Brunson no Courtney Lee DeLon is gonna be playing a lot of these minutes and if he can step up and contribute in that big way, then all of a sudden you can kind of overcome potential depth issues that you could be facing given you've lost in, in Brunson and Courtney Lee and even Willie Cauley-Stein as well, like key players in your rotation. I mean, that's three guys that you're going to be without, and Dwight Powell, of course, as well, uh, that were all playing like pretty big roles before this yeah. thing stopped, uh, before they got hurt. And, and DeLon is now kind of like making up for – two of them he's making up for Brunson and for Courtney Lee so like no pressure buddy but uh you went from playing like maybe 15 18 minutes to now like 25 or 30 minutes oh yeah and it's in the playoffs so if he can step up and contribute then that's just like kind of found money for them I think and he's I mean one realistically he's one ankle tweak away from playing like 40 minutes a night yeah. you know if Seth Tim Dorian I mean really any of those guys uh kind of tweak something for a little bit Delon's gonna have an even bigger role and uh, you you're talking about the matchups. Matchups are going to be huge, especially for Delon, because you you know, let's say you do face off against somebody like Houston in a playoff series. Well, Bobon's probably not going to play in that series, and so then those minutes, backup five minutes, 
I mean, this is going to be like DeLon could honestly average over 30 minutes a game against Houston in a playoff series and still come off the bench just because they're going to be rolling out Rob Covington, PJ Tucker at the four and five all of the time. So you're going to have to have guys like DeLon. So yeah, I mean, he, he saw his role throughout the season kind of fluctuate a little bit, a little roller coaster ride a little bit. Uh, but now come playoff time, he should get a lot more minutes than what he's used to. And he's one of the few players that has a lot of playoff experience. So, you know, he went to the playoffs a, lot, of t- a lot with uh, Toronto. Now, he never really was like the starter on those teams. He was always backing up Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet or whatever. But he has had big playoff games. Uh, he had a really big one. I want to say maybe against Washington, he scored like 25 points or something in one of those games that uh, back against John Wall and Bradley Beal. And so uh, he's he's had some some good playoff moments before. And so that's going to be valuable too. But you can never have enough wings. You can never have enough defenders. And you can never have enough guys who can shoot. And we know that Delon can be a wing who can defend. And this year he's shown he can shoot. And so if he can if he can fit in and just keep doing that stuff, man, then all of a sudden you got. Tim and Seth and Dorian and Delon, and then you have a lot of tools, uh, a lot of toys for Luca to play with. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's just got to step up and, and make his presence felt. Um, Isaac, is there anything? Uh, I guess maybe we hit on all of it, but is there anything we forgot? Any other any other final words that you have before we get out of here? I don't guess so. I, I think how we've um, well, I guess I do have something, but. I think in a way that uh, Seth and Tim could win a playoff series or win only a playoff game uh, with a hot night scoring, you know, 20, 30 points, something like that. I think we could see the, uh, the same thing in a DeLon Wright game, but it's because of his defense. And that's something it's a guys like him. You've said this multiple times on the spot. It's guys like him that could step in and some big plays, big possessions and help him win them a big playoff game. Yeah. You're talking about winning games with defense. So he has had two plus steals 17 times this season. The Mavs are 12 and five in those games. So whenever he's making an impact, they're winning. And then if you can get stuff from him on offense, he scored in double figures 19 times this season. They're 13 and six in those games. And so if he's contributing, then you're winning. I mean, that's a 55, 57 win pace. So, um, that's that's really really good. I mean, it, it just just make an impact, man. Make an impact while you're out there. And and he has again, like you said, he has the unique ability to change games with his defense in in ways that other guys on this team simply can't. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do and uh, and how he can step up. Um, all right, Isaac, thank you very much for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to listening wherever you are. We're with you every day of the week, Monday through Friday. If you like Mavs Daily, go ahead and subscribe, leave a nice review, leave a rating, share it with your friends, share it with the Mavs fans in your life. We're about two weeks away from real-life basketball starting. It is very exciting stuff, and uh, we'll see what DeLon and all these guys are going to be capable of once the games begin to count. We will be with you every step of the way, Monday through Friday. That includes tomorrow. We will see you again on Mavs Daily.